Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, for, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Yeah, that works in Hollywood, that works in the movies, but this isn't the movies, this is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone listening back once again to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your host and still your motherfucking champion, the Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman, joined alongside my tag team partner, as always, the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. How's it going? Feels like it's been years since we've done a podcast. I know. It's, well, it's, it's the world of wrestling has been very interesting as like some things are starting to be- open back up. And some aren't, you know, because of, uh, you know, horrible mismanagement of things in America. But that's a podcast topic for <laughs> another day. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's, that's what we were talking about before the show on the show. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really interesting with, like, people trying to do different things. Because, like, all right, at this point we have three completely different forms of wrestling. Between New Japan, who has a limited amount of fans in the building at this point. Yeah. AEW, who are still doing Empty Arena, but they're having, like, their own employees out there, I suppose. Oh, well, uh, this past week, they, they let in limited fans. Okay, yeah, that's right. They were starting yeah. to experiment with limited fans now. It was, it was very interesting. It was 10%. So, I think in Daly's place, that's, like, 500 people. And they had... They were all in the 200 level, so mm-hmm. far away from the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And then... It was in like pods. So like if you and I went together, we could be in our own pod and that pod would be six feet away from the next pod. Right. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we got that going on with AW, which actually that's that's a really interesting sort of model. I kind of like that. Um, We can go more into that. But then obviously on WWE, we've got the whole brand new Thunderdome. Uh, What do do you think of the, the Thunderdome experience so far? I'll give them credit for... It's something new and different, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, and it's safe in terms of, like, that's technically, technically that is safer than what New Japan and AEW did because no outside people are coming into their bubble. Mm-hmm. The problem is, though, <laughs> they're inviting horrible things to happen on this Thunderdome. Did you, did you see the list of all the, I've, I've, uh, heard, I've heard of a couple things. I heard there was a Chris Benoit sighting. Uh, yeah, there was a Chris Benoit setting, a KKK member. Yep, a KKK clansman. Uh, uh, and then an, apparently an assassination. Yeah, or some sort of murdering. Was that? Yeah. Some kind of... I That one I didn't see any clips of. Yeah, I've, um, I've only heard about that. I didn't see that, which like it's like, holy shit, how does that happen? Because they just... It, the is problem that... is, it's free. All you have to do is they, they tweet out, hey, sign up to be on the Thunderdome for yeah. Raw on Monday. And you just click a link, and then they have all these rules that you agree to, but you're an unnamed person on a computer. Like, they can't hunt you. Mm -hmm. They probably could probably figure out how to hunt hunt these people down for some stuff, but... 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they could track their IP addresses afterwards for yeah. like, punishment if they do so. So, like, the thing that amazes me is they just didn't even bother, it seems, to have any kind of, like, foresight as far as, like, pre-screening these people to some extent. Cause, like, or just not- have – all you need is to get, like, five guys who are good with computers as, like, your screeners of, like, wh- while the show is going on. Right. Have them just monitoring what is going on in the Thunderdome. And that's it. Exactly. Like, because you could just have, like, all those visuals flooding in to the guys in the truck, like you're saying. And they could be monitoring through and then pick which ones look good that have, like, good visual quality, good audio quality, aren't doing anything that would be offensive. Then transfer those into the arena so that everybody else can see them. While then the other hundreds or thousands that are flooding in, nobody has to see those. Like, it's all the people who are falling asleep or wearing AEW merchandise or chopping someone's head off. Like, you can... Leave those off the TV. Yeah, apparently that is that is a big thing. Is uh, you cannot wear any other third party uh, stuff. Yeah, that's that's the funniest Which, one as far as like so like I can understand like if you were going to do like a filter system like that like yeah don't put the AW merchandise people like, on the screen, but like I heard that those people were getting like banned. That it's like, and I'm you're curious, just like third, now. It's like, what? third party, does that even cover, like, say I go in my Philadelphia Philly shirt, it, does that count as a third party, like, hmm. my advertising the Phillies? <laughs> that can't be, because for how many times, like, the baby faces to, like, suck the dicks of local sports teams, like, yeah, I feel like as long as it's not another wrestling organization that you're probably fine. Yeah. I just, I, I would have to read, I wonder if yeah. someone, someone probably has, we could probably search it, is, like, because you get sent this long document, right, of, like, Here's all the stuff you can and can't do, and you have to sign in order to be, get in. Right. So I'm wondering if anyone's released what that whole thing says. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing I think would be interesting as far as a concept, because right now you said like it's completely free, right? Yeah. Like, what if people paid to be in the Thunderdome? And like, what if, say, instead of, because um, I assume that when people are doing the Thunderdome, they're just still watching the normal feed that's on TV, but then they're just getting broadcast into the arena. But Correct. Like, what if, say, instead of that, you actually bought, like, an electronic ticket, say, and say there were different cameras set up, not just the monitors, but actually like, cameras in the stands like that. So then you could buy, like, a first-row seat, or you could buy a second-row seat, or a third-row seat, and then you could still see the action from as if you were sitting in that seat. That That's going to be the only way to stop all this, uh, like, at least help stop like the KKK from appearing and stuff like that, right? Right. Because <laughs> then you have, then you have you you have their payment information, and you could have a clause in there. Hey, if you're caught doing this, five hundred bucks or something like. Yeah, like not only we're, we're finding you, you, and we're gonna ban you, kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Because that's like, but someone's like, "Ooh, I'm banned from the Thunderdome. Oh no, my hands are shaking." <laughs> right. But yeah, then it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, and now I've also got to pay like several thousand dollar fine. I hate speeches. Like, yeah. oh fuck! All right, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have heard though that it it is interesting being in the Thunderdome because you are correct. Like, you just get to see what's on TV and you hear the commentaries. Is but then during commercial breaks and leading in up to certain points, they were having like producers get on and be like, "Okay, like get ready. Drew McIntyre is about to come out and like what? get pumped." But then apparently, so weird. Yeah. Then apparently. They were also getting like the wrestlers. Like, so Drew McIntyre came on before huh. he came out and was like, Hey, everyone, like, 
look for me, I'm going to get you to like interact in some way. And so he did this thing where like people put their thumbs up or their thumbs down. I see. And so, and Kevin Owens, the same thing. He was like, like he, I think he came on it afterwards and like, they can't see them, but they can hear the wrestlers. And he was just like, Hey, I saw the guy, the guy in the blue shirt. Like, thanks for cheering for me or something right. like that. Like, and pointed out the guy. And I was like, all right, that's it. Like they're trying. And I have to give them yeah, credit. You know, for that. I, I will agree that. Yeah. Like on, on paper, there's a lot of things about the Thunderdome that are very cool, but in practice, I think they need to yeah. tweak a few things to make it work correctly. And you know, like your your idea is a great one. Like it doesn't have to be what a floor seat would cost, right? Don't charge people three hundred bucks to do this, but do like a tiered of like twenty bucks is the front row and five bucks is the the nosebleeds yeah, that exactly. you would normally I get. I feel like that'd be totally like, reasonable. Yeah, it's like maybe like twenty bucks, five bucks, yeah. one buck layout. Yeah, like the super nosebleeds, like a dollar. And you could throw shitloads of mm-hmm. people up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you could throw literally as many people as you want because it's just a feed. So it's as many people as want to pay yeah. for that level of feed can get different levels of the show. Yeah. And get, like, add in those extra bonuses. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, yeah, you're in the nosebleeds, but you also get to talk to Drew McIntyre for, like, five minutes. Like, mm-hmm. something like that. Like. Or that could be part of the better pricing, right? Like maybe uh, at like the first, like yeah. the, the cheapest level, you don't get to hear any of that. But like at the first row, not only do you get to hear them as a group, but then maybe there's like a smaller VIP section, like after the show, where then like, mm-hmm. yeah, like a oh, you get yeah. a Q and A with. Look at that! So-and-so. See, man, they should have hired us so long ago, and they should still be trying to hire us. Be like, <laughs> we've come up with so, so many, many good ideas. ideas. <laughs> well, because like you know, I I feel like it's weird. I don't understand why it seems to me. Like, whatever decision-making process happens in WWE, it feels like there's nobody that's whispering in Vince's ear that actually understands the mentality of a fan. Like, I feel like they just need to have somebody who's an actual dedicated wrestling fan who can consult with Vince and be like, look, this is what a wrestling fan is going to want. Yeah. I feel like that could go a long way. Like, they used to do... uh, Actually, I don't know if WWE's ever done them. It's really interesting in, uh, listening to Eric Bischoff's podcast. Apparently, they did a lot of focus groups for mm-hmm. WCW. Like, uh, Conrad Thompson will ask him, he'll be like, oh, well, why'd you guys do this? And Eric will be like, well, we did a focus group, and they really like that. So, like, we mm-hmm. tweaked it this way. Stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's how you do business. Yeah, like, <laughs> find out what your fans want and do it that way. <laughs> But, like, I mean, so that's so interesting, though, like, because I guess in, in some weird respect, they're kind of listening to fans if they're bringing Roman Reigns back as a heel. But, like, this almost seems like the weirdest time to do it. Like, at this point, like, I don't know. I guess it would have made sense to try and bring him back as a face if you're, like, having Braun be a heel, Bray be a heel. Like, it seems like you need some more faces. But, like, I'm super down for an experiment of Roman Reigns being a heel. I think at this point, like, why not? You don't have fans in attendance. Yeah, well, you're the Thunderdome, like, but that's there's not, nobody here. Not... We might as well just do it. <laughs> yeah, like throw shit against the yeah. wall, literally. Yeah, that's interesting. So then, uh, the other rumor that I've been hearing is that the whole retribution thing. Is that supposed to be a part of the Roman Reigns heel thing? Do you think, or is that going to be something else? It's. It is unclear at this point. Uh, I still have to finish watching uh, SmackDown, so I'll find out later. Um, he, the 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 giveaway that 
could be the link is that he came when he came back at the end of SummerSlam. He was wearing a shirt that says, says uh, like, wreck everything mm-hmm. and leave or something mm-hmm. along those lines. And like, that's what Retribution has been doing is just like showing up, destroying something and then leaving. So they were like, oh, I, does that yeah. a connection? And so cool. unclear right now, but just speculation. Oh, well, you know, here be. we go. They're going to reveal because they have the payback is their next event, right? Yeah, which is literally a week yeah. after SummerSlam. It's the dumbest so thing So I ever. bet you it's all going to come together at Payback, because Payback and Retribution are synonyms. So then mm. Roman Reigns is in the title match at is, Payback. Is that why they put it yep. a week afterwards? They're like, we can't do it at SummerSlam. Let's do it a week later at exactly. Payback. So, yeah, Roman Reigns will have Retribution come out and help him win the title in the main event. Boom. Very interested to see who is in Retribution, then. Basically, it's like, I would assume it's like whoever you've not seen on TV in a while are like the people who are going to be in it. <laughs> the, there, there was rumors that it could be some of the people that were like let go at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, because apparently, well, that would make point, sense. It, it like, a, it, there was rumors that WWE had reached back out to like certain people. Yeah. Which makes sense because they had a fucking record quarter, even though they let people go. So inhuman. <laughs> Yeah, you know, actually, that, I mean, that would even make sense for the title, right? Because it's like these people were angry about being let go and they're coming back to get revenge. Exacting yeah. attribution on WWE. Huh. Would be inter- it's interesting that they would then team up with Roman Reigns, but right. we'll ignore that <laughs> logic point. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to team up with the guy that WWE has pushed and like, is pushing now even though he stayed home. Like, which I, Don't get me wrong. Personally, I'm not faulting yeah. him for that. Like, I think he made a very wise mm-hmm. choice, but... In WWE logic, they right. should be punishing. Yeah. What an interesting. Oh boy. All right. I let's let's climb out of this rabbit hole. Let's, let's talk about either uh, All Out or Summer Struggle. Which uh, which event do you want to get your ass handed to first? Well, you're definitely gonna hand my ass in uh, Summer Struggle. So let's, let's I guess you, get the beating over with first. Get it over with. <laughs> okay. Because I'll kick it. your ass in AW. Ooh, all right, all right. Let's see that challenge. Let's see that challenge. All right, let's start off hot. I'm going to start off with the hottest. I'm going to start off with the main event of All Out in Jingu. We got Evil versus Naito. Naito claims that the rental period is over and it's time for him to reclaim the belts, and I believe him. Naito is regaining the titles in Jingu Stadium. You heard it here first. <laughs> So that means you're taking evil to retain for Bullet Club. Uh, I mean, he was the surprise win in the. Uh, did, he did. Didn't he yes. win the he New, Japan, the New Cup? Japan Cup? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, we're there's always a chance that he surprises yeah, again. It's, it's not a 100% guarantee, but I just I feel thematically that it's like Naito is going to be getting it back for. Two reasons. I feel like one, it's going to be a lot more excited. Like people will want to see Naito in the title match at the Tokyo Dome. I think with how many times he'd been the challenger before, it's going to make sense for him to be the defender. But then also, uh, in the same way that Evil has been reflecting Naito's journey so far, in that like Evil got his first title win after coming back with like a new heel gimmick, and by using 
uh, someone to interfere and cheat on his behalf to get the title, which is exactly what Naito did. I think that he's also going to follow the pattern in dropping that title in the second title defense, which is what Naito did. Mm. So, boom. Evil is Naito's shadow, and he's going to lose. I mean, yeah, I think that's going to happen, too. I've All right, so now, now that you have people. more agency, uh, which match are you going to take? Yeah, I'm going to go with... Um... I'm going to say that... Uh... None of these are going to be that easy. Uh, I'm going to say that the dangerous techers uh, hold mm-hmm. on to the championship, mm-hmm. tag team championship. Any particular reasoning? <laughs> nope. I, would I just like Zack Saber. Fault that logic. I love Zack Saber. <laughs> I think I'm probably going to agree with you overall. I feel like the dangerous techers are probably retain. Mostly because I feel like with the G1 coming up pretty much right after this, I think that the priority would be wanting to have both Tanahashi and Ibushi not as tag champions so that they can push them as bigger threats in the G1. Yeah, do you think they go against each other in the G1? Well, have they, they, have have they announced the groups yet? or Which I assume is going to be coming very okay. soon, either like during this show or maybe immediately afterwards. Yeah, because it's... Sup- Mm-hmm. I was going to say yeah, September like is when they September. start, right? They're going to be starting running to mid-October. But yeah, I definitely think it's very possible that they face each other in the G1. But they also might hold off on that. Because like, so, they faced off in the G1 finals last year. So it's not like they haven't done it recently. So I don't know. Mm. There's a lot of interesting possibilities with that. But yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. That it'll be dangerous techers, but... Okay, let's see. Junior never... Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go, I think, for the never title. I'm going to say that Shingo retains. He's been on such a fucking roll lately. And I'm a really... I'm actually really, really excited to see the Suzuki match because that was one of the ones that was like on my short list of just like, I hope they do this. Um... But yeah, I don't know. He's been on such a goddamn roll lately that I feel like they're going to want to keep it going. But I'm not 100% confident. Mm, I, was, I was just going to say, because yeah. Suzuki's I been mean, on a roll Suzuki's too. Suzuki's like so. always been on a roll, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I mean, I guess either way they can mm-hmm. keep it going. But you're right. I guess with a Shingo uh, retain, then uh they could keep it going in a more logical mm-hmm. sense which is normal for new japan yeah i just i feel like i don't be yeah, like it could definitely go either way but i i feel like there's a lot more they could do a little bit more with the shingo rain i don't think it's quite time to end it uh okay i'm gonna go with oh you know what because i love him so much <laughs> i want master wado to win the meme the meme character <laughs> Be like Watto. Exactly. My reasoning is that he's just so like, fucking it's, entertaining. It's really weird because his presentation is pretty bad. His outfit is pretty bad. I think his facials are pretty bad, but like he, he's, I feel like he's weirdly starting to grow into it a little bit. 
But like he's got a mountain to climb with this Master Watto gimmick. <laughs> I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think he's going to win this. I think it would be really a shit on this character if he fucking loses here. But I mean, not nearly as bad because like he did at least have a singles match win over uh, Doki at the last pay-per-view kind of a thing. So it's not like he'll be losing his debut pay-per-view win, but like yeah, yeah. If he loses here, I think it would be rough. I, I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised by a loss either, though. I just feel like he's a, he's just the entertaining character. And for that, for New Japan, that's like, you could win or lose. Like, they don't care. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he could, I think if they were going to build something longer with him, but like, at this point, based on the fact that like, he had the one match with uh, Doki, and then now he's having the match with Kanemaru, I would assume, if I'm going to analyze their booking correctly, that they're going to go next to him versus Desperado, who's the last uh suzuki Goon jr and in my opinion the best of the suzuki Goon juniors so it's like building up to the desperado match mm. so yeah i think kanemaru has to win or not not kanemaru sorry wado has to win here um all right so we got the junior title match and then kopw oh this is actually fucking hard yeah See, I was looking yeah, at this card. No, and I was like, not. This is um, not easy. Okay, I'm going to say that Hiromu retains over Ishimori. I'm a little bit more confident about that. I haven't. How's their feud been going? Uh, so like Ishimori's actually been doing quite a lot to actually like disable Hiromu after Hiromu had like the unsuccessful fight against Evil, and. He's actually even gotten, mm-hmm. I think it was a pin or a submission on Hiromu at least once in this buildup. So like he's, he's definitely establishing himself mm. as more than credible. Um, so I would not be surprised at all if Ishimori wins. I guess the way that I'm trying to think about this is like, where do they go next for the junior title? And I, I don't know. Gotcha. I'm trying to analyze this on such a meta perspective of like, because they do so many like mixed tag matches with things that it's like, all right, I'm assuming that Naito beats Evil here, and then Naito's going to stop feuding with Evil and slash the Bullet Club and move on to a feud with somebody else. And so then if that's going to happen, then Hiromu has to stop feuding with Ishimori. So then Hiromu has to beat Ishimori here. So that's basically the sum of my logic. Mm. <laughs> right, because like, like, hey, if, if Naito doesn't beat... Because if Naito beats Evil, and if Ishimori beats Hiromu... Then like Hiromu's gonna have to keep feuding with Ishimori unless there's a different face junior that's gonna come in. And it's like I guess maybe maybe mm. that would be Wato. Maybe Wato challenges for Ishimori. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's possible. Anyway, I'm sticking with Hiromu. That feels that feels right. Cause I, also, I feel like they could try to do another like recreating the moment of like all the LIJ people coming after the fist bump. And like Hiromu having the title still. I don't know. All right. So last match KOPW. You're taking this off. We got the Fatal Four Way. We got Okada, Sonata. Got to go with Yano and Desperado. I got to go with Okada. <laughs> I think he always wins everything. Yeah, that's, so. that's really <laughs> not a bad line of logic. Uh, also, considering the fact that this I, was his creation, like he came up with the idea. Yeah. 
Though that could be a curse, right? Because Jericho true, came up with the money true. in the bank and never won. Although I would assume that uh, a lot of the motivation behind them coming up with this was basically like management being like, all right, Okada, we need to keep you out of the title picture so that Naito can have his run for a little bit. What do you want to do? And then he was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Mm. And I came up with this crazy idea. Let's do this. And they're like, all right, cool. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just let you do this. So yeah, I feel like Okada's probably going to win it. But yeah, if you're... If it's not Okada, though, I'm going to go with Sonata. As far as just, like, he's another big name on the roster who kind of needs something. And I guess maybe this would be a nice, uh, interesting thing to give him after having taken that tough loss to Evil and having been, like, left behind as, like, the one guy in LIJ that, like, didn't have a title who had been, like, kind of the most betrayed by Evil. And, uh, well, I guess other than Naito, since Naito directly had his title stolen. But... Yeah, I don't know. This could be an interesting direction for Sonata, maybe. But I think you're probably right. I think it's going to be Okada. All right, so that takes care of two. All right, That's so all six. one, two. So now we're moving on to All Out. Okay. Let's see. Um, oh, all right. I'm going to start this off pretty easy, I think. I'm going to take FTR to take the tag titles off of Omega and Page. Yeah, that's a good call this week because uh, on Dynamite this week, we finally had the blow up between Adam Yeah, they Page fucking and finally the kicked him out of the Elite. Yeah. So I feel like that's going to be, this is going to, that's going to cause the rift with Omega. I, I think mm. this, you know how I could see this going down is Adam Page being like either, I guess the, the, it's, might be a question I throw to you. Do you see him just like not helping Kenny in the match, or maybe doing so, like hitting his move on Kenny and letting the revival? I like, see him being it. a little bit more active than that. I feel like yeah, Adam Page like if he just sort of stood there and let it happen, I feel like that's a little out of character for him. So I think if he were going to do the betrayal angle, I think he'd mm-hmm. probably actually like hit Kenny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could totally see like them like FDR, and then that like, would... kind of throwing Omega into, like, a buckshot lariat or something. Yeah. And then that, that could lead to a nice feud of, like, uh, Page and FTR versus mm-hmm. Omega. And totally. The I would definitely be down for that. Some great six-man tags. Um, but, yeah, it just feels like ever since FTR came into the company, it was like, all right, they're definitely going to be hot-shot into the tag titles pretty quickly. Although I say hot-shotted, but, like, they're so damn good that like they deserve it. So it's not even that much of a hot shot, but just as far as like timing, it always kind of felt like to me that they were going to mm-hmm. be champions quickly. I think I think mostly just because there's been so yeah. much buildup for them coming, like because of the long, long, long feud they've had with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And so then it just always felt to me like, all right, that at some point FTR versus the Bucks have to have a tag team feud. And so if that's going to happen, one of them's got to have to win the tag titles. And the way that it seems like the elite have yeah. been booking themselves, like they're not hot shotting themselves. So then it's like, all right, well, then they probably do it like FTR, the champions versus challenger young bucks. Something like that. Yeah. All right. So yeah, FTR, that's what I'm taking. What match are you going to go with next? I'm going to go with mm-hmm. the Jericho Cassidy match. 
And here's what I'm saying. I'm saying Jericho wins the actual match. Um, but then in the end, he is thrown, like after the match, Cassidy throws him into the mm. uh, tank of Mimosa. I see. I see. So losing, but still getting your heat back. I. Because, mm-hmm. like, Jericho has to oh, be yeah. the one going oh, yeah. into the Jericho tank. Jericho definitely has to go into the so... tank. So. Uh, however. I'm going to disagree yeah. with you in that I think that's exactly how it would be booked if this were WWE. But I think AEW is a shade or two smarter, and they're like, you know what? Let's just have Cassidy win the match. Like, Cassidy will just win, and then he'll win mm. by throwing Jericho into the uh, Mimosa. Because that's still, like, he can get the win on him, but he still hasn't pinned him or submitted him. So we could still eventually build to that as, like, a bigger moment mm-hmm. in the feud. Which is just crazy in the current era of wrestling that like these two are still going. This is like this is going to be their yeah. what well, third I mean, match? You I know think? what, dude? So much credit goes to Jericho. He is building this feud on his back. Oh yeah, and like Cassidy's living up to yeah. it. like he's doing his job, but like clearly it's in his character, right? That he doesn't really like talk that much or put through that much effort. Exactly. I, that's I was gonna say. It's they're. They're right. doing and great they, yeah, by their characters. Because, like, so much of what makes it work is that, like, Jericho is doing such a good job of selling his in-character hatred of this punk-ass kid, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And I, I love it. It's awesome. So I, I'm really excited to see this match in particular yeah. and to see where else it goes from here if it continues. Because it feels to me like even though it is kind of like a finale, they're like a perfect conclusion. It also feels to me like kind of one of those things where it's like, this is going to be the finale of part one of their feud. And then eventually Jericho is going to come back with even more vengeance. And it's like, what you think you could throw me into that tub of mimosa and I wouldn't get revenge on you. And he'll throw in a line about like his own bubbly being yeah, exactly. in, uh, in there. <laughs> You think you defeated me, but my bubbly made me even stronger. <laughs> okay, let's see. So we got Jericho Cassidy. Hmm. I'm going to go next for... Uh, yeah, I'll go for the women's match. So I've I got to say that Sheeta retains over uh, Thunder Rosa. Because uh, I'm actually really excited to see this match. I think this is a very cool concept. I'm glad that NWA is doing this kind of partnership here. But it feels like it would be not it's... good to sacrifice their title over to the NWA Women's Champion. Like, creating a random double champion out of nowhere. And it feels to me that would make, like, NWA, like, inferior to AEW. And I don't think they want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, it's a cool, I love the cross-promotion, yeah, right? Actually, you know, I like, can totally think it's a great idea all. for the two companies. Oh, that would be the best one. I was just gonna say, I would, I, I like, I just like, like seeing her with both belts going back and forth. Though I don't think, I don't think end. But you're right. Maybe this, maybe a draw would be the way to end it, um, so that like Thunder Rosa can stay on their TV. Like I think that's what NWA needs out of this, right? Like, absolutely. Like because they're not producing right now. And I don't, I think they're going to be like, it might be a while before they can because they got double hit with like the virus shutting down the production. And then they had the uh, Dave Lagana accusations. Mm-hmm. So their main producer was taken out. And it's just like, yeah, I just don't see when they're coming back. So I think 
some way that they can keep Thunder Rosa and maybe bring in some other talents onto AEW. And that'll be, I think that's great for both. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice, right? Like, a greater, greater roster depth for AEW. Because, like, we've already seen, too, like, uh, Ricky Starks being put to good use yeah. also on AEW. So it definitely helps in those regards. And, right, like you said, for NWA, since they're really not able to do very much right now, uh, being, being on AEW is definitely helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's my prediction there. Yeah, I think Sheeta will retain. But, yeah, I definitely would not be surprised if it happens through a draw rather than actually her beating Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Um, okay. So you got the main title match, we got the Dark Order match, and the Casino Battle Royale. I'm going to go with the title match. I'm very split on this one. Mm-hmm. I think Moxley retains, but I think it, it has to end in a way that this feud can continue. Because I think MJF has to stay like in the title picture. Mm. I just don't see him winning it yet. Mm. So you're going with Moxley? Yeah. All right. I am going with MJF and actually I do th- mm. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. I I mean, I have to stick with it, but I'm going to be confident in it. I think that MJF is going to take the title here cuz I feel like He's exactly the type of heel that, like, he's definitely not going to win it clean. Like, it is going to be through some bullshit shenanigans, like <laughs> Wardlow, maybe Butcher and Blade, maybe some ref bumps. Like, I don't know. Like, it's going to be some absolute fucking horseshit. But I feel like he's absolutely going to steal that title because, like, clearly they've been building up. Like, they want MJF to be one of their biggest stars. He's a really great heel. And yeah. him getting the title really still early in the company's history, still when he's really young, so that he can still kind of hold on to for the title, at least for however long he can, that he's going to be like the youngest AEW champion. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, I feel like that's, yeah, I I see it. I see it for its own sake. And also as a desperate New Japan fan, I really want MJF to win because this would allow Moxley to then either through some sort of special deal with New Japan on U.S. soil, or maybe he could go to Japan and then he could drop the U.S. title that he still has to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not going to happen if he's still the AEW champion. So I really want him to lose for a little bit, even if he just comes back and regains it, just so that he can get the U.S. title. Well, I think the problem... I don't think the problem would be him going over to Japan and losing. I think the problem would be... AEW doesn't want to lose their champion for it would be like <coughs> four weeks because he has to go over mm-hmm. to Japan, quarantine then do the job and then come back and quarantine again. So Right. Exactly. And it's like I, I want that to happen. But I, So yeah, if, they, if they, he can drop the title so then he can go be a good boy and go to Japan for a little while then he can come back and get his vengeance on MJF. <laughs> I feel like it's the best the best scenario for all parties involved. Yeah. Cause then also it's it's a nice way to like get the title off of Moxley without like really beating him. Like you're clearly fucking him. So that, that protects him too. Yeah. And then yeah, you can have like all sorts of people start going after MGF who are just trying to, you know, unseat the weaselly fuck until eventually somebody does. 
whether that be Moxley or whether that be Omega or Cody or uh, well, I guess Cody can't challenge for the title, so I guess MJF would have to challenge him or something. I don't know. Yeah, and Co- uh, Cody's also out for a while now. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, because Brody uh, killed him. Killed him. He killed. Him and I think uh, I think the behind the scenes uh, rumor is that uh, he's going to go film for that uh, new Stephen Amell show. Ah, okay. Yeah, so he's taking like weeks off. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so then we've got the Battle Royale and the Dark Order match. Um, uh, you know, all right, I'm going to take um, Cardona, Sky, and the Nightmares over Dark Order because I feel like they need to create some new challengers for the uh, TNT title since he's uh, Brody says he's not doing the open challenge anymore, right? Yeah, so it's going to have to like build up normally. Good. So it's like, I, I, that's great because it's like, you know, have the face do that thing and then the heel cut it off. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I feel like you could have Cardona and Scorpio Sky. They're kind of both trying to position as like challenged for the TNT title, it seems. So maybe they can get a pin off of somebody else in the Dark Order. Obviously not on Brody Lee. That would be my... Yeah, it's, it's just really interesting having the natural nightmares out there because like... I thought the idea was that the Dark Order like, killed all of the Nightmare family, but yeah, maybe this gives Dustin and QT some revenge. I suppose. It also might be just one of those yeah. things where they're like, you know what, we could put SCU here because that would make sense, but SCU kind of sucks. So maybe <laughs> let's just put some other people in here. <laughs> they haven't been around in a while, too. Maybe they realize they suck and they got rid of them. I don't uh, but uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay having the Dark Order here because uh, I can see them also just winning and just being dominant now. True. Yeah, I would definitely not mind that at all. Yeah, Brody Lee just leads the Dark Order, just kill a shitload of people. Especially too, because yeah, like if okay, pinned, like if you just didn't pin Cardona or Sky, you could still keep them as potential challengers. Yeah, yeah, like they're just killing the Nightmare Family, right? Uh, okay, royale. so 21-man Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we only have, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. We only have 9 names for it so far, so there's 12 that uh, are unnamed so far. But out of the ones named, I think this is the most likely candidate. I think it's Eddie Kingston. Ooh, okay. Um, I mean, he's just like, he was the best thing to come out of that uh, open challenge. For Cody, because mm-hmm. he got onto AWTV and just killed it, and he's still killing it each week. And even now, like now that we ha- we're having live fans, now you can tell like what was working during the no fan era and what wasn't. And he got like cheered ridiculously. So yeah, yeah, that's actually that's not a bad pick, especially because uh, didn't it seem like isn't he kind of like trying to orchestrate with some other people? It seems like. Yeah, he was trying to fuse together, uh, I think it's Butcher and Blade, and then the Lucha Bros. Mm-hmm. And I think they're all in this match, too. So, yeah, like, if he's going to take yeah. advantage of them, he could maybe uh, get himself right to the end. Yeah. Actually, that's that's really not a bad pick. Actually, I'm... you might be right. Shit. That's a really good idea. Okay. I mean, the I mean, the only problem is, like, there's 12 people we don't know about. That's true. There's also right? a lot of, yeah, could be a TBD name or TBA name. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Like, who's... Who's out there that I'm surprised they still haven't signed yet? Who came in for like the match? Was it Cody? 
that like Jericho was like, we got this free agent. Why am I blanking on his name? He's mainly been in Ring of Honor. Um, hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so while yeah, yeah, if you potentially think about the name, and uh, I'm trying yeah. to think of like who else could win this match, and yeah, if not Eddie Kingston, because the other two people that are clearly like you're supposed to think they're going to be big threats, but I feel like they're going to neutralize each other is uh, Brian Cage and Lance Archer. I feel like they're going to probably do mm. like and eliminate each other and then continue to feud as two big monster dudes kind of a thing, which is a good idea. Like if, if, if they're not going to be going for a title, then I be, they basically need to be fighting each other or something else that's like an equally big obstacle. So I'm going to go with Darby Allen, I think, because he's another really popular name. He still hasn't like won anything really big. And he could definitely either maybe challenge, like, say, if like if MJF wins the title, like I could see Darby Allen challenging MJF, or you could do like Darby Allen versus um, maybe Brody Lee if he decides to challenge for, like the TNT title instead. I don't know if that's an option. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm gonna go with Darby Allen. Fuck it. <laughs> that is a good good call. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Eddie Kingston. That is a really good call, though. Actually, I think. Damn it, I wish I'd thought of that first. I mean, I guess you had the first pick, but anyway. All right, that takes care of all the matches on All Out, I believe, right? Jeff Cobb, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, Jeff Cobb. Yeah, because he's still out there as a free agent. I don't know if he is. He's been appearing on New Japan Strong a lot. I don't know if he has a deal with them now at this point or not. Or if he's still technically a free agent. Well, I guess he could still have... Uh, be a free agent in America then, right? True, true. That is true. Who knows? Wrestling contracts are so complicated. Yep. Uh, all right. I think that'll take care of our predictions for this big uh, doubleheader. Well, I guess it's the not doubleheader same weekend. It's doubleheader double weekends. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anything else you would like to add on there? No, that's it for me. All right. Cool. I think we'll go ahead and just uh, wrap it up. Get out of here. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Hope you have a good time watching uh, either the Jingu Stadium show for Summer Struggle or All Out 2020, whatever stuff you're going to be doing. And if you are taking the time to watch wrestling, I think we would both highly encourage you to watch good wrestling. Watch wrestling that you like. Yes. Don't watch wrestling that stresses you yeah. out. Don't waste, don't waste no time with that Thunderdome WWE bullshit. <laughs> It's not making you happy. Uh, All right. Anything else to add to the people? Nope. All right. Peace out, everybody.